Hello. Hi, guys. Very nice to see you as always. Thank you so much for joining me, for joining us again for another session of Faith Boosters. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So good to see you. Even as we start out this evening or morning or afternoon, I don't know what time it is where you are joining us from. We just open up our hearts to God together and just lift up our voices and start to pray and to welcome the presence of God. Not that he's not there, but to recognize his presence where you are and to start to open up your heart to say, Lord, speak to me today. Let it not be another hour that is just spent hearing good words, but speak to my heart, speak to my inner man, speak to my spirit man. Go and lift up your voice if you want to pray in tongues. That's all right. Just lift up your voices wherever you are. And let's magnify Jesus when you pray in the spirit. You bless God well. You thank him well. You edify your spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We recognize your power and your presence with us. Thank you for the things you are teaching us and the things you're opening our eyes to today, Lord. We say thank you. Thank you for wanting to accelerate us in our generation, for giving us abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Lord, may your word come forth like fire in our hearts, in our homes today and burn out everything that is hindering us from the course that you have set for us, O oh God. We will not miss our promised land, but we will enter it in our generation as we partner with you, King of Glory. Let the scales fall off from our eyes, O oh God. Go on just between you and Jesus. Speak to him. Open your heart before him. Take a posture of worship and humility and just say, Lord, I open my heart to hear you today. I receive you. I recognize your presence. And I want to hear you speak to me directly today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Again, I have a good word on my heart today. You know, last week we went really deep, yeah? I hope it's one of those you've watched at least two times. Hearing beyond the words what the Spirit of the Lord is imparting upon you, I believe that God has put a grace on my life that as I teach, you receive beyond just words, impartation, knowledge, and just enlightenment. I really believe, and from experience, that you can't keep hearing these teachings and your life remains the same. It's impossible. Because God, by his grace, has placed something on my life to simplify and to teach things that you can see and walk in with ease. That they're not up there for a few men and women, but they are available for each one of us in our generation. Thank you so much for joining us. Last week, we started on that deep topic of receiving and recognizing your way makers. And um, yeah, you have received great feedback. Many of you just walking in repentance, opening your hearts and minds. I thought that today we would be delving into like, okay, let's talk about parents. Then let's talk about spiritual leaders, you know. But I feel the sense that there's still some more, de you know, it's so important to build foundations. If you think about a, a house or a building, the deeper you go in the foundation, the higher you can go above ground. And I know you're like, no, come on, get into like some, let's talk about like parents. Hey, 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 slow down. Today, I want us to still go a little deeper on the issue of recognizing your way makers. Part two. Think of that as part one. You know, those movies where there's part one and part two. Yeah, we've come back. This is part two. And um, I feel like there's so much more that I want to show you because 
I want your heart beyond your mind. I want your heart to be so convinced about this issue from the scriptures so that you start to see how powerful it is. It's one of those keys that if I could, I would spend, I don't know, maybe six months teaching only these things because they have worked in my life. I have seen what less than a year of just understanding these truths and practicing a little has done in my life. And I want it for you who is watching me as well. Okay, so we are going to get again. We are talking part two, recognizing and receiving your way makers. It is an accelerator, a key that is going to move you quickly into places that would take you a long time to get into. We're going to start in the book of Matthew. I hope you came with your Bibles. Yes, you should be able to open your Bible when I'm opening, read when I'm reading so that we are together. We are together. Don't just listen passively. Yeah, Matthew, if you if we were even in a place together, I would be asking some of you, read for me. Hey, so you'd be imagining I'm the one who, you are the one I've asked. So Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 and 41. Yeah, actually we'll get to 42 because the chapter ends there. This is Jesus speaking. Matthew 10, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Verse 40 to 42. Jesus says, he who receives you, receives me. He's talking about his disciples. He's sending them out. And he says, he who receives you, my disciples, receives me. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. In other words, when you receive a person who God has sent to you, it's as good as receiving Jesus Christ himself. When you receive Jesus, it's as good as receiving the Father. Basically, in receiving a man or woman who God has sent, you receive God in your life. Not that God wasn't there, but you receive a facet of God. Like when we read last week that God sends Moses as an answer to the cry of the Israelites. And he says, I have come down <laughs> through a man who can't talk. The treasure in Athens vessels, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have, not we will have, we have it right now. This treasure is in our midst, but it's in an Athen vessel. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Yeah. So that means that God wants to excel in power through men that he has sent in our lives. Okay. So, he says, he who receives the disciples, and we are still here, we are all disciples, receives me. And he who receives me, that is Jesus, receives him who sent me. Verse 41. He who receives a prophet, in the name of a prophet, shall receive a prophet's reward. Have you heard that? And he who receives a righteous man, in the name of a righteous man, shall receive a righteous man's reward. First of all, He's talking about receiving, meaning I can fail to receive. I can have a prophet in my midst and not receive them. But I can also receive a prophet not as a prophet. Which is what we saw with Jesus and his disciples last week. That he asked them, who do you say that I am? And they are quiet because they first tell him how people are saying, you're like Jeremiah, Elijah. These are great men, but Jesus is greater than these men. He's not Elijah and Jeremiah. He is the anointed Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. The anointed one and his anointing. So you can receive someone respectfully, but not in the, in their, I don't want to say element, that's a Ugandan word, in their, it's not even capacity, what's the word? In their office, in who they are, in their true value and nature. So if I recognize a doctor as a friend, I won't get a doctor's reward. Because when they tell me to take medicine, I'll be like, ah, oh, that's my friend. You see, so I'll want to go to get, have you ever wanted to get a second opinion? What takes you? 
you go to a higher authority <laughs> because you feel like this one i'm not so sure if they know what they are doing you go to another one so he's saying you if that i there can be a prophet but only those who receive a prophet in the name of the prophet in the office as a prophet will receive the reward meaning there is a reward to receiving certain people in your life what is a reward okay i don't really i don't know those english words properly but you know a reward is when you're given something in recognition of something you've done that stands out it's not for free it's there's maybe you're rewarded for your effort at work or you're rewarded you're given a gift or an acknowledgement or something that makes you stand out or an award because you did something that's out of the ordinary meaning it's out of the ordinary for you to receive a prophet in the name of a prophet and therefore there's a reward for it you understand and that's why i told you that in our generation many of us have are slow because we authority disturbs us generally how much you said the word authority but it is for you authority is for you covering for your promotion for opening doors for you authority is for you but the enemy has perverted authority because people in authority have abused it so much that now we would rather not have authority it's like saying i don't know refusing to put a gate at your home because gates have done something people have used gates to do something like it's for you they protect you or fearing to drive a car because cars cause accidents but cars move you quicker instead of walking that distance if you drive there you get there faster so it's don't throw out that the thing god created because there was a, a, a perversion okay don't throw it out he's saying if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet you receive a prophet's reward if you receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man you receive a righteous man's reward meaning there's a reward for receiving a righteous man in the name of a righteous man there are people who you know who they have this righteous man like sort of anointing on their life their lives are like a testimony just the way they live without preaching to someone but do you receive them as someone special and different or you treat them like common people don't commonize what god has set apart okay because when you do you can't tap into that set apartness so there are people god has set apart in your life not in the life of everyone because you see the one who i who for me is a prophet to me may not be a prophet to you and me have people in my life who are proper true prophets to me and they are sent to me it's so crazy and i've recognized i've recognized that this one i think is my personal prophet in a way beyond yes they're a prophet generally but to me god speaks to me through them so clearly and you have to separate them from the crowd not everyone who speaks has access to your life to speak to you as a prophet no but there are those who you know when they give a word it is as good as god speaking to you he who receives and then he says in verse 42 and whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple assuredly i say to you he shall by no means lose his reward you get a reward again now god starts to show us jesus shows us here what receiving a prophet or a righteous man looks like it's re, it's releasing substance You know why where your treasure is there your heart will be also those you receive and recognize you give substance to if you say for me i recognize my father is my blesser but you've never released any substance to them it's a lie and we're going to get into that next week we'll start on honor receiving part of receiving people is the biggest part is actually honoring with your substance because here he says there's a reward basically saying you receive a disciple by giving them just a cup of cold water We're giving them something of substance you shall by no means lose your reward 
So we've already seen here that first of all, there is such a thing as receiving a prophet in the name of a prophet. In other words, the people in our lives who are not regular. God has placed a name on them for us. And in us receiving them in that capacity, we receive the thing they carry. When we commonize them, we also commonize our results. When we set them apart, we set ourselves apart because our destiny is connected to their destiny. And that's how God has made it to be. They are God, people God has placed on this earth for your promotion, for your protection, and for your acceleration. If you recognize them, you're going to move fast. And recognizing that, oh, I know them, no. There are things you do that show recognition. We talked about some of them last week. But let's get into, I want to show you a story. Um, this one, you need to put away, every, like don't get distracted. <laughs> because <laughs> this one is not one of those where you want to be distracted. Because if you are, you're not going to get it. And it's in the next chapter, Matthew 11. This is Jesus from verse 7. Matthew 11, are we together? You're there? Type something in the comments. I want to know that you're there. <laughs> Matthew 11 from verse 7. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. Now, this I you to understand the context of this. The disciples of John, John the Baptist, have come to tell Jesus that John is discouraged. He's in prison. They're about to behead him. He has sent us to ask are you the one or should we wait for another? He's discouraged. He's sort of like, the thing I gave my life to, is this guy the real deal? I mean, I'm in prison. Is he really the one? And Jesus demonstrates miracles. He heals some sick people, raises some dead people, opens the ears. Then he says, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the eyes of the blind are opened, their ears of the deaf are unstopped. The, 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 basically, he says, I've fulfilled the scripture which God showed him that I would fulfill. And once they leave, as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. I want you to see how a man treats a man he recognizes. I want you to know that we are dealing with Jesus Christ here. We're not dealing with some prophet in the Old Testament, some nice guy who did nice things. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As he is, so are we in this world. Stick with me. I'm going to go slowly on this one because I need you to understand something. Many of you have been asking this thing of recognition. You're going to see. To recognize is to separate someone from the rest in an extraordinary way. They are not equal in any way. This recognition I'm talking about is dangerous and it's an accelerator and it's spiritual and it sounds like, it can almost even sound cultic. It can be like, mm-hmm. but you tell me the things Jesus is about to say, they sound very cultic. You know, we met a man of God who was telling us that we don't really understand the power of the Holy Spirit anymore in our generation. And he started to explain and say, imagine if Moses lived in our time. God calls Moses and then tells him, that stick which you're holding, he turns it into a snake. If a guy came to your village and tells you he's a man of God and he turns sticks to, st- sticks to snakes, why not into a lamb? Why not into a dove, a snake? Does that sound like a Jesus? It sounds like witchcraft, man. A guy who sends blood in the in the, the ocean becomes blood, like Lake Victoria becomes blood. Flies are flying around Kampala. Would you be like, that's the power of the living God? Guys, some of the stuff in the Bible, if we really opened our eyes, would be like, this stuff, if it happened in our generation, would cast those people, call them cultic, and call them top witch doctors, calling themselves the name of Jesus. 
So that's why you see that he says, Paul writes to the Corinthians and says that the carnal mind cannot receive the things of God. Not does not, cannot. He says cannot because they are enmity to your mind, like reasoning, cannot. He says they are spiritually discerned. The natural man cannot re- receive the things of the spirit. Cannot. So as you're hearing these things, and I want you to see they are in the scriptures. I'm not the one coming up with them. Jesus says to the multitudes, concerning John, we're talking about John the Baptist. I want you to understand, this is Jesus Christ. John the Baptist is his cousin. Their mothers are cousins. And he, he's just six months older than Jesus. Okay? I want to put this in context. He's six months older than Jesus. This is John the Baptist, he's his cousin. In fact, he has he performed no known recorded miracles in the Bible. His ministry was just assuring Paul they are going to hell, brood of vipers, putting them in the water, baptism of repentance. He lived in the wilderness, he ate locusts, he dressed up in camel skin. Now, if there's something like treasure in earthen vessels, I think this was at its maximum capacity. Because if God tells you that's your way maker, the guy who walks around on the streets, he eats locusts, he wears camel skin, which stinks by the way very 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 badly more when it's wet and then he's weird and he performs no miracles and you've been called to an international ministry but your spiritual father has never performed one miracle guys let's read the bible with our entire mind because sometimes you're looking for the the miracle maker the magogo maswat you have some person there who seems like nothing serious is happening in their life but god seems to have opened your heart to them but you're like lord me the one i want is there one who's doing the thing which you've called me to do Mm, you're not wiser than God. You humble yourself and recognize the treasure in that. Because what did John have? John the Baptist. Guys, listen. I know I keep telling you we are going to read, then I stop. Even me, because I'm shocked about the things we're about to read before we read them. Hmm. They're in the Bible. I'm sure you have your Bible open. Don't say I'm forging. Matthew 11, 7. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? Hmm? A reed shaken by the wind? That's Jesus. So why is he annoyed? What have they done to him? What did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments, basically saying, Why are you going out to see John? Indeed, those who wear soft garments are in king's palaces. He says, But what did you go out to see? What did you, why were you, why were you around John the Baptist? Because now he's in prison and people are probably saying, I'm not sure if that guy was a prophet. Because prophets don't be in prison, they're about to be beheaded. Even John was wondering if he was a prophet. That's why he sent his disciples to find out Jesus. Are you the one? Sometimes the man of God who God has placed in your life, a woman of God, to be a way maker, also has doubts. They have fears. They have weaknesses, but it doesn't take away who they are. And in you recognizing who they are beyond... Jesus knew who John was to him. Because it says, did you go out? It says, verse 9, but what did you go out to see? He says, yes. It says, a prophet? Did you go out to see a prophet? He says, yes, I say to you. He says, me, Jesus, I'm saying to you, more than a prophet. He says, for this is he of whom it is written. It's about to get personal. He's saying, this man is more than a prophet. Why? He fulfills the things in my life, Jesus, that to me is more than a prophet. This is him of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face. This is personal. Who will prepare the way for you. And he's about to say some dangerous things, but before he says them, let's stop there. He says, this is the one of whom it is written concerning me, Jesus, my life. 
Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare the way before you. Jesus is just telling these guys, this guy was my way maker. He prepared the way for me. He says, this is the one. You didn't go out to see just a prophet. No, he's more than a prophet. Why? He's my way maker. And then he says, assuredly. You see the word assuredly in the Bible is like almost swearing. It's like Jesus once said, ah, well, lie, you people, I swear, I'm telling you, this thing is the real, real thing. But of course, I can't put those words in Jesus' mouth. He can't say them. So he says, assuredly, I say to you who are listening to me, he's telling the listeners at that point, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is listing the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. He said, wait, guys, let's wait a minute. What is Jesus saying here? Excuse me, Jesus. You've just said that you are saying assuredly among those born of women. Let's, 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 before we get to that most dangerous part, who are these people that Jesus saying that there's none that has risen ever in history that is greater than John the Baptist? Jesus, come on. Eli, let's talk about Elijah and his miracles. Okay? Okay? Remember the whole thing of Baal and his prophets and what? Fire coming from heaven, first pouring water on the sacrifice. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I pray for you because you need to go and read your Bible. Those stories are like movies. You even not like movies anymore. Just go and read your Bible. Fire from heaven consuming a sacrifice. We are talking about Elisha. People who saw dead people's children coming back to life. We are talking about people who knew secrets of kings without, there was no tapping and the, you know all these things now that we have in military intelligence. When they used to use horses, okay? Phone tapping, I don't know what, recordings. No, the guy used to hear the secrets of what's going on. The guy who had chariots fighting for him. Okay? Jesus, what are we talking about here? Jeremiah, what about Isaiah who announced your coming? What what miracle did John the Baptist do for you to say he's the greatest of all born of women? But the most dangerous thing Jesus does here in making this statement is he includes himself. Because understand, Jesus was not born of a man, but he was born of a woman. It's a very intentional statement. Then make random statements. He says, of those born of a woman, none has risen. He's including himself because he's in that generation. None has risen that is greater than John the Baptist. You people, if you understand this thing, it's going to change your life. Because you're asking yourself, what is recognition? Jesus, in this moment, set John apart from any other man in the world or woman. To him, not to everyone. To, the, to them, he was like... Guys, the person who I'm talking about here is not just a prophet to me. He is the one who made a way for me for my ministry. In other words, Jesus is saying, without this man, I have no ministry. What? Yeah, John the Baptist. Camo skin wearer, locust eater, wilderness dweller. Cousin of Jesus. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, is saying, there is a man I have elevated above myself. Because if I don't, he cannot become my way maker. There are people you must elevate above yourself in a way that is almost abnormal. They are not common. They are not normal. Because in recognizing that, when you're under their ministry, doors will open in the heavenlies. You will put a demand in the spirit for things to happen by how you receive a man or a woman in your life. There are things that will not happen until you can do. This is Jesus Christ. 
He understood something we don't. He knew this man is six months older than me. There is no known miracle he has done. He's actually in jail. But I need these people to know in their presence that there is a man who made a way for me. And there is no one to me, Jesus Christ, born of a woman that is greater than him. There can never be because if that person is there, then this man can't be my way maker. There are people to you who are greater than any man or woman in the world. I know that sounds crazy. It's in the Bible. To Jesus, he understood who his way maker was. And because of that, when Jesus placed himself under the ministry of John the Baptist, he put a demand in the spirit and the heavens opened over him. Jesus was not launched into his ministry until he came under the ministry of John the Baptist. Let's go there. I don't want you to say, Pastor B3, you're coming up with things. Guys, this thing is not by observation. It's by revelation. The same book of Matthew chapter 3. Let's go backwards. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3 and you see what happened at the baptism of Jesus. You all know the baptism of John was a baptism of repentance from sins. Jesus had no sins, but he knew he had to subject himself to the ministry of his way maker to be able to go to his ministry. Even though there was no sin he had committed. He said, if this is his ministry, I subject myself to his ministry. Because for me to go to the next level, there is a man who has to open the way for me. Matthew chapter 3. Hey, you're getting this. You're, you're understanding this thing and your life is changing. It's okay, by the way, you are to start even praying in tongues. What? Because some stuff needs to enter your spirit beyond your mind. Matthew 3 from verse 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. This is a man on purpose. He has come all the way from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. And the Bible says in verse 14, John tried to prevent him, saying, hey, I need to be baptized by you and you're coming to me. <laughs> John is, because he also understands the mantle on the life of Jesus. You see men who are honoring each other, but Jesus is like, no, 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 no. no. Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. In other words, there are righteousnesses that must be fulfilled for you to be ushered into your ministry. And one of them is to humble yourself under the ministry of your way maker. They don't have to have better results than you. They don't have to be able to do the stuff you sense God is calling you to do in your ministry. But there are people who, if you do not submit yourself under, with the call of God on your life, you will continue to be small and stuck and you will not end up in the place God asked you to be in. That's what happened to Saul. Saul is anointed by Samuel, but he tries to take matters into his own hands and do the job only Samuel was called to do, and God rejects him as king. Go read Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 14, like to 16. You'll find that's what happens to Saul. God rejects him as king and chooses another, yet God had placed a mantle on the life of Saul. But Saul could not humble himself under Samuel because Saul was king. Samuel was a prophet. But he had to understand that the man who made a way for me into ministry is Samuel. I will do what he says. He changed the instructions and God rejected him as king. A man on whose throne was supposed to be that Jesus Christ was supposed to come through the lineage of Saul. He ended up coming through the second choice, David. Why? David recognized the authority over him. His story with Saul, King Saul is crazy. He recognized Saul as the anointed of God no matter his behavior. Guys, there is depth in the things I'm telling you right now. They will change your life completely. Permit it to be so. That is verse 15 of chapter 3, Matthew. For now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him, verse 16, when he had been baptized, 
Listen to the order. There is an order in heaven. When he had been baptized, not while he was being baptized, when he almost got baptized, when he allowed, when he had been, when he went through the ministry of John the Baptist, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Immediately. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Let me tell you something. You want God. God had already spoken privately to Jesus. He had spoken to Mary. Jesus knew his ministry. But until Jesus completely submitted to himself to the ministry of his way maker, there was no public affirmation from God the Father of the ministry of Jesus and also the Holy Spirit coming upon him to enable him to actually start his public ministry. Until that point, Jesus was the son of God with the calling in his heart, but a carpenter. Until this moment. Under the ministry of John, Jesus was turned into another man and embraced his ministry as the son of God. Was he already the son of God? Yes. Are you already called into whatever it is to be a great business person? Yes. Are you already? But there are things that must be fulfilled for you to walk in it and manifest it on the earth. Otherwise, you will die with all of it on the inside of you. Because there is an order in heaven that must be followed. I am telling you from experience that when we align with these things, it's like suddenly the ministry that God has called us to, it's like we are invisible before and suddenly we are visible. You can't explain. It's like, Jesus was for 30 years. He was the son of God, full of power. At 12, he was arguing with the scribes and Pharisees, for goodness sake, in the temple, doctors of the law. He was amazing, anointed, full of, the, full of power. He was anointed in the belly, John the Baptist, when the parents hugged. But his public ministry did not begin until he submitted himself to his way maker fully. And he acknowledges it in chapter 11, which we read. He says, there is no one born of a woman greater to me than John the Baptist. There will never be. He includes himself. He says, I am lower than that man because without him, I have no ministry. Do you have that person in your life? When I say ministry, some of you are thinking church planting only. No. Whatever it is God has called you to in business, in family, in entertainment. I don't know what it is, which mountain you're called to. Whatever it is that you believe God has called you to, he has given you a way maker and they'll release you into the fullness because God uses men and women. I told you today, the things we are now getting into are yeah, let's talk about a few more people, okay? Isaac. Isaac, the man who had, he was blind, okay? He had, he was old, he was blind, he could be deceived, but he had the blessing to release a nation. And we'll get into that one another time, deeply. I want to show you the power. Isaac is the one who released Jacob to become a nation. Your way maker, maybe your issue right now is the results they have. John the Baptist, what results did he have? For Jesus to say he was the greatest. In the natural, nothing. He was a weird guy. Not to Jesus, because Jesus did not examine the results. He was a man given to revelation. He knew who John was to him. That not everybody in your family needs to understand who those people are to you. No, 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 my friend. You need to walk the path of, for me, I believe God has told me that this person is this to me. And then posture your heart to receive them that way, to respond to their instructions a certain way, to follow them hard, to do what they say. Watch God accelerate you. Uh, believe me. Believe me. It's not by it's not through understanding. Some of you are too stuck wanting people to like and understand you that you can't go to the next level. You just can't. Because you want your family to understand. You want you. I don't know. God wants to take you to a place your family cannot take you. But He has given you a way maker. But the problem is your way maker, Ruth had a way maker. 
Ruth, in the book of Ruth, it's a short book. You can even read it tonight. Ruth has a way maker called Naomi. <laughs> but the problem is that Naomi is widowed. She's unfortunate. She has lost both her sons. She has lost her husband. She, she's childless now. She's old. She can't produce a child for Ruth to marry. But Ruth sees something beyond an unfortunate widowed woman and says, you, I'm attached to you. You're my way maker. I don't know what it is. I know you can't produce a son, but where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And indeed, Naomi st- tries to stop Ruth from going with her, just like John tried to stop Jesus from being baptized. Sometimes your way maker for them, they're like, why is this person over obsessed with me? Why do they like me? So you, you know what you've seen. They don't need to know. You're like me. I know what is in you for me because God will open your eyes to your way maker. And, but that woman, Naomi, the childless, widowed, unfortunate woman, turned a cast Moabitess woman into the great-grandmother of Jesus Christ. Because she just kept telling Naomi, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. And she gave her some very strange instructions. Something like, go and sleep at the feet of a man. You imagine, you tell me, you find some woman at your feet at night. Shadrach is here with me. I don't think you would like it very much. Ladies, now you're this nice girl who is waiting on the Lord and they tell you to go and sleep at the feet of a man in his bedroom. Ah, you have to see something in that person to obey their instruction. Now, I'm not telling you to go and do weird things, man. Okay, don't go and say, Auntie, now whatever they tell us to do, if it's outside of the laws of God, don't do it. If it goes against the scriptures, don't do it. I don't care who they are in your life. God cannot break his word. He has exalted it above his very name. So don't now don't allow people to use you because you've had this teaching. No, if it goes against the scriptures, you cannot do it because God will never contradict his word. The word and the spirit bear witness. They cannot be broken. Esther, Queen Esther, do you know who our way maker was? Mordecai, some guy at the gate of the, a gatekeeper. <laughs> In the king's palace was also her uncle. He turned her into a deliverer of Israel. But she had to listen to his instruction. She first refused. Then he sent back a message. He says, you, God will send another one. You think you're the only one. He will raise up another one. She said, okay, okay, uncle. Some of you, someone made a way for you. Now you're promoted. And you think you're so important. You're the queen, they're the gatekeeper. You make a lot of money. You have some grandparent in the village who you forgot about. They sold all their cows to take you through school. They're an inconvenience. You only go on Christmas to help them, child of God. Don't forget your way makers. Because you'll stay stuck and you'll have no more results. Those people are precious to you. Just because we're in a generation that throws out our parents, our grand, don't fall prey to that. You separate yourself by recognizing those people in your life and treating them extra, extra special. You don't treat them like normal people. Do you know another guy? There's a guy called Eli. Eli eh, was a prophet who used to get drunk. His kids used to get drunk. They, in fact, all of them died. But he raised a prophet called Samuel. In fact, the first time Samuel hears God's voice, he hears Eli's voice three times. Eli was a way maker for Samuel as an imperfect prophet who raised Samuel, who became an anointer of kings. Who are your way makers? Yes, I know that they have issues. Yes, they have flaws. But until you separate them, that word, separate them, they are not common. They are not normal. To you, to Jesus, he didn't say, to all of you, there is no man, he says, Jesus. 
This is him of whom it is written to me that he makes a way for me. This is my way maker. So he is greater than any prophet that has ever lived. No one who will ever live will be greater than him as long as they are born of a woman. And that includes me, Jesus. Scandalous. So for you, is that how you feel about your way makers? You're like, no one in the world is a greater preacher than my pastor, so and so. No one in the world. And that's a decision you make. Me, I didn't know these things until this year. I said, I'm sorry, what? Because as first one you're like, but it's not true. <laughs> because you're using your brain, you're like, I can't say my pastor is the greatest preacher. You lack wisdom and understanding and revelation. To you, no one can feed your soul greater than that shepherd. There's no greater parent in the world than your father and mother, if you have revelation. Then there are people beyond those people who are way makers, who God has stood out for you. There is a person in everyone's life that God has placed in your life. For some reason, they, like you know that this one, eh, no matter what, they are not normal to me. I can't give them the way I give others. I can't treat them the way I treat others. I can't talk to them the way I talk to others. I can't talk. Everyone knows. Do people, me, people know my way makers. They're always on my social media. I talk about them. I celebrate them. I lift them up. I want. It's not. Jesus was telling a multitude. It wasn't a secret meeting where he called three of his friends. I said, now nah, you guys, yeah, this guy is special to me, man. No, he was telling the multitudes, you guys, let me tell you the greatest person in my life. His name is John the Baptist, and yes, he's in prison. No one born of a woman will ever rise greater than him. Is that, can you stand on the mountaintops and declare that about a man or woman in your life? Or are you too big for that? Because it sounds dangerous, man. I won't lie to you. It's like, eh? But if I change my mind, <laughs> that's why you need to talk to God before you change your mind. Otherwise, you'll have 27 way makers. And people will be like, yeah, yeah, that one. Every year they get a new way maker. No, way makers don't change, my friend. The one who opened the way for you is the one who opened the way for you. You see, who are your way makers? Until you separate them from the crowd, your life will remain ordinary. Your way maker can't be in the crowd. They have to be distinctly separated from the rest of the people in your life. You can't treat them like your brother, your sister, your uncle, your aunt. They are greater than the president of your nation to you. They are greater than anyone that has ever lived to you because without them, you understand that there's no way for you into the world. <laughs> to you, they are the greatest. So what do you do? Tell them. They should know. Me, my way makers, no. I thank them often. I send them gifts often, extravagant gifts often. I talk about them. I esteem them. I do the things they like. I serve them. I wish I told you that I've been doing this for a long time. No, it's recent. But my life has accelerated like never before. Tell them. Respond to their instructions. Serve them willingly and excitedly. Speak highly of them privately and publicly. Speak very highly of them. Be generous towards them. Be generous. You can't be generous. You can't give to your makers the way you give to your, I don't even know, the tip at the restaurant. Treat them differently. It's like when you find a husband who treats all the women the same way, including his wife. There is no differentiation. If he opens the door for me, he's not opening it for everyone. If he buys, there's a way you treat the person. You, you separate them from the Kayola. They're not everybody. So do you, have you recognized these people in your life? Listen to me. Where did we start? Matthew 10, 40 and 41. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives a prophet's reward. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, receives a righteous man's reward. Listen to me, there is a reward to receiving certain men and women in your life separately, differently, distinctly from the usual people in your life. Pray for revelation, but don't stay in the prayer closet too long. 
If you have a sense about someone, start doing something. Start receiving them differently. If it's your pastor, start listening to their sermons more than the other person who you're always, your YouTube preacher. I hope it's not me who you're listening to more than your pastor. I beg, no. You can listen to me, but the person you should listen to the most is your pastor. Because in Jeremiah 3.15, he says, I will give them shepherds according to my heart who will feed them with knowledge and understanding. Find your way maker. Connect to them. Serve them. Give to them of your substance. Do everything in your power for you to be connected to this person and for them to know that they are not normal to you. Speak well of them. Esteem them highly. Do what they say. And watch your life accelerate. God wants to accelerate you, child of God. I am giving you keys. Passcodes that are going to give you access to things that are not ordinary. Listen. What is Jesus saying to you today? Who is your way maker? Have you acknowledged them or are they part of the crowd? Separate them from the crowd. And God will separate you from the crowd. It's as simple as that. If you separate your way maker from the ordinary people, God will separate you from the ordinary people because then you will walk the path that the way maker God has placed in your life has opened for you. They can't open the way for you until you open your heart to them. That's how it is. We see it in the scriptures. Maybe they are normal, they are ordinary. Maybe they are old, maybe they are blind. Maybe, they, maybe they've lived a difficult life. Maybe they've made some mistakes. Maybe they are the gatekeeper. I don't know what it is. I've shown you so many examples of people widowed. What? But they are your way maker. And your wisdom is recognizing that they are not ordinary and treating them differently from anyone else in your life. In doing so, your life is going to be accelerated the way God wants to accelerate it. In your generation, I promise you, you will stand out. Be patient. Be faithful. Open your heart. Love these people. Serve them, the ones God has brought in your life as a gift. And you will unwrap that gift and enjoy what is on the inside of it. If you're watching me and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, he's the greatest gift. <laughs> he's the way maker of way maker. Like without him, everything else is a joke. <laughs> he accelerates our lives. He gives our lives meaning beyond anything. And he makes eternity so exciting. Our life here is so brief. But when we live it with one who is already eternal, ah, it's like a continuation of life. I want to invite you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life and you're in this generation, you're missing out. Jesus is not boring. Jesus is amazing. He gives your life meaning. He takes out all this time-wasting, meaningless friendships, I don't know what, and he gives you real significance. A life in all its fullness. A life lived to serve others. To leave behind fruit that will outlast you. And so I want to invite you into that relationship with Jesus. Do something simple for me. If you've been with us, you know what it is. Put your hand up. Don't delay this decision. Don't say next week, tomorrow, today is the day of salvation. Why stay any longer in sin and darkness when you can come to life and freedom? Put that hand up right now wherever you are. Jesus loves you. I don't care how old or young you are. It's never too late to come home. So put your hand up and say this simple prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I come home. I receive you. As my Lord and Savior, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your acceptance. Today I am a child of God. Take my life 
and do something significant with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are born again. Your life has changed. You are in the family of God. Welcome home, my brother, my sister. Would you let me know that today you made a decision to follow Jesus? There's an email, BeatriceBiamanzi at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let me know what has happened. Would like to connect you to a loving family wherever you are and, and, and just help you find meaning in what has happened today. We love you. You are blessed. God wants to accelerate you. You're highly favored. The eyes of your understanding are being enlightened and your life is being accelerated and you're standing out in your generation. Share this, of course, with friends and family. Subscribe and see you soon. Just this time next week, 5 p.m. East African time, right here on all our social media platforms. Goodbye. See you next time.